21? 22. That's right, we were drinking age last time. And 22, bastard pastors. Um, got a couple announcements for getting ready to go on a big trip. I found somebody else last week, because our title from last week was Token Dude Who Listens to Our Podcast. And I found two more people on the internet messaging me like, oh, we listen to every episode too. I'm like, who? Really? I, nobody you're connected to. Like, really? From like the internet. Wow. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm, I love it. Um, so I had actually. Crap, now I feel like I should be more meaningful. Well, no, I used to. Well, that was actually part of the joke. We were making fun of like, there was some survey that came out this week that said, um, the most important thing that pastor that makes somebody choose a church is the sermon. That mm. for 75% of Christians, 75% of evangelicals and Protestants, that the, their most important thing is their ser- is the sermon, not the music. Right. And that was, that was the big debate. And then, but the question was... We seem to get music more. People want that. Really? that I, I've heard quite a few people be like, oh, it was the music. Well, so the question was, the, 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 the response was, sermons that help connect religion to my daily life. Again, sort of rendering this as some self-help product or some sort oh, of... Oh, right. Product. And my point was, well, this is still silly, like... As long as we're making this about ourselves, this isn't Jesus. And this guy's like, oh, you mean like doing podcasts? I was like, this podcast doesn't help anybody. This podcast is designed to help it anybody. Did, we did meet with a new uh, couple from the church, and he said, I just listened to a bunch of podcasts, and I knew exactly who you guys were when I got here. Those are all sermon podcasts, right, though? No, no, no. He, I think he meant our podcast podcast. Oh. Um, do you remember meeting with uh, Mitch and Matthew? Oh. And he, I thought he said our podcast. I assume they meant the sermons. Oh, I guess. Oh, I guess he could have meant that. Dang it. I always thought. Because I feel like if you really want to just listen to two or three episodes, you're like, okay, I know who these guys are. Right, right, right. Um, But we're going on a big first, like, ever. Well, well we did Catalyst. We did Catalyst. Uh, they are not an official sponsor of this, so we can say it sucked. It does. Um, Although it was my fault. Oh, it's our third conference because we had the one that I made. So the very first one, I made Jason drive to a nine hour drive to a church planning conference. Uh, 13 hours. 13 hours. With two other people that are not even anywhere remotely close to our community now. Well, they weren't even then either. Everybody got drunk. We did get drunk. Like super drunk. One dude confessed he got his teenage girlfriend pregnant. I had to drive you all home the next day, and everybody fell asleep. Like, you instantly <laughs> slept the whole way home. It was the, And I was hungover, too. And it, it was wasn't even a church planning conference. It was a luncheon for oh. some local pastors. Right. It was basically like, someone driving 13 hours can be on our podcast. Right. <laughs> That's basically... And dudes looked at us like, the hell are you doing? And they were like, well, I guess we could take out for lunch or something. <laughs> Fine. We're coming. I think we ended up at a bar by 2 that afternoon yeah. because it was done. That was a That's long right. night. Um... And then we did Catalyst, which I talked you into going again. I was like, hey, I went once. And I, the year I went, I thought that was actually good. I wish that and, there were, I wish that we had more. I wish there was something like Catalyst that wasn't chintzy crap. Yeah, or like geared towards like it's, adolescent youth it's pastors. Youth ministry. Yeah, it was like dudes doing shake weights near their mouths and right, stuff like yeah. that. It's, like, oh, okay. and so they don't even know what it means. I don't think. <laughs> like, I really think if they knew what that meant, they wouldn't be doing that. Game. Right? They're like, oh, I have, apparently this is funny on the internet. And, and then it was just a giant. It was a giant commercial for Compassion International, right. whatever book Francis Chan wrote, whatever book Dave Ramsey wrote. Like, right. everybody had their thing. Andy Stanley's or a great like speaker. come buy our thing that makes your church bigger. Yeah, and so I, I, I think there's a real need for non-denominational right. pastors to be able to get together and be encouraged and listening right. grow. Or there, it's a cool, the one thing I liked was that there was a collection of really good speakers back to back, but that year it seemed to be a lot more other stuff. Dude, I, Francis Chan was the most, like, 
I know he's like a saint inside the reformed, right? The reformed new world. He was horrible he was that bad day. that time. It was a. I mean, I've like heard he him. It was like he was. Drunk. I've heard him be amazing. And he's and a good thinker. I'm not. Oh, it wasn't that the same year Shane Claiborne didn't do anything, or was that the year where I went? Shane Claiborne didn't speak. The oh, the year I went, Shane Claiborne was like, "Hey, I know they paid me to be up here for 45 minutes or whatever, but I have about 10 minutes, and this is what I think you should do." I was like. <laughs> You get away with that once, right? I think they should. I would actually, if Catalyst was taking. He's not, like, this is what you need to hear. And I want you to spend the rest in silent reflection. And I was like, screw you, I man. I didn't pay for silent I reflection. Get a beer. If Catalyst would, instead of holding up whoever's pastoring the 30,000 person church telling you the community's important and. Because it's always dudes that are right. like. Right. That's Francis Chan. It's, oh, man. I realize now that we were doing it all wrong and it's just grassroots and small. And I'm going to make $1,000 on. Or a thousand, like that's a lot. Right, right, right. A million dollars on my book, right. and I'll be fine. I can do small church now. So I actually think it'd be really interesting. Um, I think it'd be really interesting for them to have pastors like us in conversation with pastors like Mark Driscoll. Pat, like, do you think they'd the introduce us as Justin and Jason from Legend Community Church, or hey, these are the bastard pastors? <laughs> that's how I'd want to be introduced from now on out. So then we'd be drives people to our podcast. I don't think they would ever, for a second, let us on that stage. <laughs> uh, you guys have heard them and you love them, the bastard pastors. We and could like, oh my gosh, is that what they look like? I didn't even know. No, right. And then we like girls even... are throwing. Like, no, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say that. We can, can we get that out? We didn't have. We couldn't afford a hotel that when we went to that, so we camped in my truck, and so we took the first parking spot closest to the place. Put oh the, yeah, we put did. Put the tent over my truck. It's out there and drank beer and smoked cigars. And then the police tell us we couldn't stay there. No, I thought someone told us we, we couldn't. We had people, and either pastors would buy, walk by us smoking and, and yeah. drinking, and either think we were the coolest, the edgiest yeah, dudes ever. Like, oh, can we do that? Or or scoff. Scoff and judge. Yeah. Which is pretty standard. But, uh, so anyways, all that said, we're going to one that we've been told by a former guest on our show, Mandy. Yeah. Is going to be a really good conference. And what's Mandy, it called? I keep forgetting. Uh, Engage or something like that. I mean, what's the, what's the group? Missio Alliance. Missio Alliance. But I think that even's not right. I think Missio Alliance, like, I think it's something that's a subset right. to that. And Mandy's um, one of those people that if Mandy says to do something, I do. I don't um, question. Did you hear back from N.T. Wright? I did not. We asked N.T. Wright to be on our podcast. Um, you know, he's going to pay us some money to do it. So we were like, hey, you need to pay us. But anyways, because he'll be in town next week and he'll be at that thing. So we'll be having N.T. Wright week. N.T. week. Um, we could stalk him in Cincinnati. If somebody knows where he's staying. We could just go to his hotel. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. He's really... He wouldn't be opposed to that. You should like tweet him at NT Wright. You should come be on our I podcast. I don't know if he responds. I don't know. I'm sure he does. He doesn't he seem like savvy. a technological guy to me. Um, I'm sure his publisher does that. Yeah, probably. So, anyways, we did ask him. But we'll be there, so hopefully we'll, we can, we'll do a live. Po- oh, we should ooh, bring the stuff. We can podcast while we're driving. Podcast while we're driving. You get back road. That sounds good. Go oh, because we'll be on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. afternoon. We'll be coming back, and we'll be staying with people we've never met before. Um. It was, uh, I called a guy it's not who... It's too late to get an Airbnb. I know. <laughs> I called a guy who did not like me very much, another pastor. He liked, he used to like me, he used to be pals, and then this I became gonna, who I am, and he doesn't like well. this. And he used to be in D.C., and he's not there anymore. He's like, well, call this church and just say that I told you to call. And so I did, and so they call me, a random couple from the church calls it, oh, it's, we'd love to host you and your friend. And I was like, well, we'll just be staying the night. And I wanted to be like, we might be stumbling in a couple of times, but so anyways, it'll probably be awkward and weird, but, uh, it's free. 
Uh, the older I get, the less free means. I've, <laughs> I've got a wife that makes really good money. <laughs> the less free means to me. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, that's what we're doing next week. Um, and it's an NT right week. So, if you're in Cincinnati, you should go on Monday. He'll be at UC. Monday UC. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday at... And Monday night at Kenwood Baptist. And Monday night at Kenwood Baptist. And Tuesday morning at Rose Street. But I think that's for pastors only. Oh, yeah. And our, we're planning on going to that and then leaving straight from that, yeah. right? Got it. I will... We need to work out some logistics on that because I was going to take my kids to school, but then what I'm going to do in my truck. Interesting. We can can drive back home. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, anyways, now that you guys heard our our serious meeting. This is how things get done. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I thought of a fun thing to talk about today. We're not talking about it long, but as I was driving, I realized today is a very special day. Not really special for me and you, but it's but. just kind of special for some people. And as I found yeah. out more and more people in our church, it is 420. Um. Pastor Pastor is on 420. When you listen to this, it will not be 420. That's funny. But today is we 420. We should have done this high. Oh, man. So with that, so I have a couple questions. I didn't tell Jason what we were talking about because I thought it would be fun to ask questions. Um, I don't think we should talk about our individual ever usage or not usage he's going to fall out i am instantly well it's this chair that keeps poking me in the side and in the butt now it's like no i i like to navigate it um and uh we need to talk about our usage of it but are you um are you always stunned that you find out more and more adults that are age smoke weed i I always am stunned not anymore i so it's weed's an interesting thing because i obviously so my standard i don't smoke weed and my standard line with... I don't smoke weed either. Yeah. But my standard line with that is, the reason I don't... Because I have friends who say they don't because they get drug tested at work. I don't smoke weed because my wife still has a hang-up about it from right. 25 years of public education that says, this is bad and you're a bad person if right. you do it. And if I tell Kim... If I called Kim right now and said, having a rough day, I'm going to the bar, I'm going to get hammered drunk, I need you to stop by and pick me up at 8 p.m. tonight, she would Right. She wouldn't. She wouldn't bat an eye. I bet if you called her and said, "Hey Kim, I just really want to smoke nope. a lot of weed." No. Nope. Really? If no, no drugs for her. That would really be a deal breaker for her. So what happens when it becomes legal? Does it not a deal breaker anymore? I, it'll, I her and I have had that conversation. Um, it's an interesting thing for her because of because uh, she just has this, and actually, this really similar for us. This might be too much. When we got married, right? We had been because we dated. Oh, sex is the same sex way. Is oh, the I was, exact actually, same I was going to. I was going to bring this up because. The hang-up I have comes from baggage of years of just saying no, and it's right, the worst right. thing you could possibly do, and it is quote-unquote sin. Right. Like, man, you're doing drugs. Right. You're sinning. No, so see, I never thought that. Well, then I got older, and I was like, oh, we drink alcohol, and that's weird. And, you know, you try to justify it, but then there's... the So right right now, actually, uh, I saw a relevant, you know, article. is like, what does it, what's the church's response when pot is legal? Um, cause you know, people have always taken that one verse and way out of context of, well, by the laws of the land, right, by the right, laws of the land. Right. And that's always been their stance. Right. Well, that's why it's wrong. I don't think that's a good take. It's a horrible take. Um, but that's what people have said. And now, okay, you, to do that. So it's, it's interesting. So my hangup has always been some mental thing. Um, and then, you know, once I got older, I would certainly, I'm not opposed to, to doing or trying or whatever else. But uh, everyone I know who does smoke weed, the reasons that they do it are for reasons that I don't need. Like, I don't need to calm down. Relax, I don't need yeah. to relax. I'm not stressed out. Uh, I think my wife could probably really use some weed. I, the, I, I mean, because she's stressed. No, she's I'm stressed absolutely. And she can't, you probably, too. I you absolutely can't, could. She can't shut her head down. Yeah. She can't relax. Like, look, that seems to be the best 
the, the medicine. This, but to get back to the, the, the oh, I just found the, out my dad's can legally get uh, medical marijuana because nice. of some glaucoma, something trouble sleeping. I'm like, you get it, get it. <laughs> okay. For some um, reason, I feel like that would be fun to go home and smoke weed with my parents. Would probably be very therapeutic. <laughs> I probably need that. Um, but so the the story I was and I've actually got a not a correlation, but. Um, for years, Kim and I dated before we were dated in high school and we were told, can't have sex, can't have sex, sex is bad. If you have it's sex, the worst bad, thing bad, you bad, bad, do. bad, 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 bad. We went through a 20 minute ceremony. Now go have all the sex you want. Yeah. Well, no, no. You've spent the formative years of my life damaging this thing. Yeah. And then expect me just to overcome oh, it I without agree. any, like, And the first time it. we had sex, it was, I felt guilty. Yeah. I was like, of course. oh. I think, I don't think there's anything more unhealthy than the, that the church has dealt with in the last well, hundred years than sexuality. Right. And so we've done the same thing with drugs, and some of it for good reason. Um, some drugs really are bad. Some drugs, I think, really are a character flaw. Like, if you're addicted to heroin, man, there's something, something's broken. Right. And not that you're a bad person, but something's deeply broken. Right. If you, t- if you become addicted to heroin. Um, but weed has just never arisen that. South Park did a great one where they figured the kid, the parents went to the over-the-top line. Right. And then the parent, the kids were finally, the dad at the end's like, when you smoke too much weed, you just become this dumb stoner who doesn't right. care about anything. And the kid's like, just say that. And that, even that, and this has been an interesting thing at in our church, Kim has had to realize that, or come to grips with, okay, I've had all these stereotypes of, right. of smoking well, weed Well, there's smoking weed, true. and then there's potheads. Right, right. Because I've never, ever in my life met a pothead who I think, man, they, they make good decisions, and they're a respectable person. I've had pot- I know potheads that I have a lot of fun with. Yeah, but I'd never meet a pothead that I'd go to for advice. I'd never meet a pothead <laughs> that I'd, like, say is a great friend. I hate, um, I hate potheads. I know, I know guys who smoke weed, you know, and even if they do it pretty recreationally, I don't consider that a pothead. But, like, I know dudes who are just, they used to be really smart guys, and now they're just Burned out. fried. Like, well, actually, one guy. I know one guy like that. Yeah. I, I, I know multiple, especially playing in the music scene for so long. But the flip side of that is I know plenty of dudes who smoke weed and are just violent. You right. would never know. The, the ones, the worst ones, this happened to me. Actually, where does everyone get it? That's it. it, it I'm always amazed by this. Like, And are you ever like, I guess this is another stigma growing up. I was always afraid like it's, it, everyone's going to be an undercover cop. Right. <laughs> and yeah. my family's history. My sister has gotten in a lot of trouble, trouble. with undercover yeah. cops. Uh, you so. could, I, could get, I could get weed within the hour. Really? Well, because you know, know we would call the people, people we know from our church, right? Uh, those, but I probably would no. I so because I think that's always going to be an issue for people in our church because I'm a pastor. Um, Even from I feel like there's one person in oh, particular. Yeah, I know two or three that probably I would, could say, hey, would man. laugh at that idea. Hey man, um, I would call the guys I used to play music with. Oh yeah. Because they're, but the interesting thing. But the thing is, if you don't know anyone and you're like, I'd like to smoke some weed today. How do you even go about it? This is how white people get shot in the ghetto. Do you man? put it on like Craigslist? <laughs> Looking for I weed. Think so. I think so. Is I there think, like a is there like I'm a sure secret there, code? I'm sure there's a code. It's probably four twenty. It's probably. Um, oh yeah, that is helping. They just go downtown like, hey, I got a hundred dollars here. Well, that, that's how white that's how white kids get shot. White kids in the summers get shot because they know you got cash and they know you're not going to the cops, so you get mugged. Um, so no, it, but the flip side of that is, I think, and this is a personal anecdote, I think we just like sex becomes this gigantic thing that it doesn't deserve. Right. Like the first time you and I ever smoke weed, it will be a, if we do, it will be a letdown. Because it's been portrayed as this super cool thing where you right. have these like insights and you're the, the, those are the worst owners the dudes who act like they're more in depth than you are like right. they understand the world better than you um, because it's just not this big thing so Kim and I and I think I've told anybody who listens to this this story Kim and I are in Colorado last year and I'm like oh this is my way to have a minor 
non-relevant rebellion. Right. And so I bought some weed chocolate. Yeah. And I let it melt. And it was in Kim's purse. I let it melt. and um, So it all melts together. I, that's what I think happened is that the oil melted together. Because I took two bites of this when you spent, as opposed to the one recommended doses. But again, $20 a candy bar, right? Yeah. And so I took they had the little squares. I took what I thought was about two of them. Because I thought, man, I, it's not like I don't know how to handle my chemical imbalances. Right. I have never been more jacked up in my entire life than I was off these two squares of, of uh, weed chocolate. and uh, That's the way to do it is eating it. Well, to do it, to get as messed up on that as I to buy alcohol, I'd have to knock out two bottles of whiskey in a sitting. It just I couldn't move. Right now, I didn't have the same like mental fog that I do if I've had too much to drink. Like right. I could talk to, to Kim's chagrin because I didn't stop talking that night. Like I just Aww. wouldn't shut up for. It was hours. like a happy talkie Jason. It was like fourteen hours. That's awesome. Um, but at the end of it, I was like, oh, this isn't any different than having a couple. Be- now it's less calories. If I wanted to cut weight, I could Although, get... Although, don't you like snack later on? I didn't. I had the worst cotton mouth. Like, yeah, no, I, did, I didn't get munchies or anything like that, so... No, so, it is interesting, these stigmas we have. One of my big things I just think about sin and what it is and, like, what we call it. And even if we say we're all, like, oh, we've moved on to things, we still have sin management as, like, oh, this is an action that I did, and now there's this... So, you know, sex was an action, don't do that. Right. Smoking weed was an action, don't do that. And that's not really what's going on. And it's so, even going back to sex, like, I uh, I find it amazing that we, you know, there's people we know that have sex before they're married. And then we're like, no, that's, that's not okay, that's not okay. And then, yeah, one day I get up there and I say some words and the state of right. you know Ohio right. stamps a paper and now and I'm like man the state of Ohio has a lot of authority over right. God <laughs> we I got just, you God you so thought think, you had us but the state of Ohio says we're cool now and now all of a sudden after one magical yeah word or stamp now it's not think, sin and I think that might be taking it too far because I think there is because the but that was that's the how the ceremony represents something else right I get that but that's how we put the the church in the past has put so much yeah. weight on that ceremony, right? Yeah. But it I, all hinges I, right there. I, and I think I think there's a trend towards because we've watched the church make everything, watch rated right. our movies. Well, the sin. twend is the the, the the sorry the the turn is towards overly right. over promiscuity. Yeah, like there, there is now I can just go screw whoever I want right. and oh you know we thought we were gonna get married but we didn't. Right. No, and I think I think that's a, a good thing for us to capture is. Or to, to wrestle with as a generation or as a culture is what is it? What is sin is a real thing and it's destructive right. and and so, man, I I should not look at porn, right? Because it's a sin. It treats other people wrong. It devalues my marriage. It hurts me. It does lots of things badly. And we should. I just don't want to ever get to the point where we're like, oh, everything's fine. No, everything's not fine. There's right. lots of things that are broken. Weed isn't one of them. This right. idea, just like getting drunk, isn't a sin. This idea, and this is everywhere in, right. in Christian culture. If you have too much to drink tonight, you've sinned. Right. No, you or you're made to feel guilty. Or... Have, no, I think it's important to say you have not right. sinned. Now, if after having too much to drink, you cussed out your friend, that was a sin. Or got on the internet and told your grandma she's the worst matriarch of the family. <laughs> no, I didn't I do that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's true. That, that may not be a sin. It is true. I, I think it's possible for... I think it's possible for alcohol to lead to sin. My guess is that being drunk leads to more sins or opens the door to that. And, right. Um, and probably the same with weed, but that's not the problem, right. right? And it came from a place where probably people were getting hammered, doing debaucherous things, and right. people were like, well, this yeah. must not it's be okay. It's Pharisee. 
Yeah. It's easy. We'll cut this off here right. so that that thing doesn't happen later. Um, the weed one, because we've made it such a moral judgment and be, on... And because of that, and again, this has nothing to do with sin, there are some people I know that, oh, you probably just shouldn't drink, man, because you can't get handle it. insane. Yeah, can't handle it. So, and the same thing's going to be true with drugs, gambling, yeah. there's a bunch of things across the board. You Coffee, can't... caffeine. Yeah. Running, exercise. Right, you it's become true. obsessive about the way you look. And weight gain, kind of weight loss. Yeah, yeah it is all um, true. And it's okay. It, 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 it's okay to have crutches. So my house right now, like I said, there are hardcore limits are placed at the router level of my house. So if you're on our internet, it's very difficult for porn to get through to our house. Huh. That's, I mean, it wasn't hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's something I had to, that's a personal thing that I had to do. I don't need right. to come to you and tell you, you got to put those limitations on your life. You, right. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, the struggle the church has is because this sin is my issue, it has to be everybody's issue. Right. No, no. Like, for example, like. I think that's our culture, though, too. Yeah. If something's going on with me, if I raise my kids a certain way, if I tell my children something or something I value, then. If you don't value it, That's then right. either I'm wrong or you're right, That's and right. we think that way, and it's not. It's like, ah, this so is a value for you and not a value for me. And that's the way my kids react, right? Like that, and that's actually one of my first tests. Oh, you just said something that sounds like something my first grader would say. You're wrong. Right. Right? If your logic <laughs> is on the level of my first grader, my first grader should think that way because he's in first grade. If you was an adult, right. think the same way, you're, just, you're not a bad person. You're just, you've, took, you've taken the, way, the most immature path towards the thing you can get. Yeah. Um, but so no, I think the so that was my theology about weed. I was, well, the thing that the thing that's bothered. I want to do mushrooms. That's for sure. I would I like something like acid or ecstasy. <laughs> In case like, you were wondering, and I think that that wouldn't happen. But but I, the, I think if I had the opportunity to do mushrooms, in a safe environment right now, I would do it. Just because I've always wanted to hallucinate. I like experiences. And so yeah. that sounds like an experience to me. The, the thing that shocked me about being a pastor. I just got to be with people I really trust. And right. as I've gotten older. There's fewer and fewer. That's fewer and fewer. I used to trust everyone. Right. Now I trust few. I've just been burned so many times now. I'm just like, eh. This has been true since I was a youth pastor. The thing that frustrates me people about. People in our church are going to be like calling up. Hey, you can trust me, man. <laughs> I've got some. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm frustrated with the amount of people who try to hide things oh yeah like so like hey i forgot this outside do you want to go outside and get we all know you're going to smoke weed man you're not hiding nothing from right. nobody no one like, cares you're a, the, like you're an adult you're an adult and so it's not like you and i have ever been judgmental about anything right to anybody and right. i tend not to be about most things um why and, and it's actually an interesting thing to me drug use still has such a stigma that it's the thing we went to somebody in our church had a bachelor party we went to just our setting it we're camping we're, we're gonna hang, oh, out, yeah, we're hang out all of a sudden everybody's gone and I'm like where the hell did everybody go did they go to all go to pee at once like oh and then they came back clearly high and and my guess is it was done out of a notion of respect for you and i they assumed that you and i wouldn't do it so they went somewhere else to do the drugs but i was like I don't care what you do as a grown person. Why do you feel the need to lie about this or to hide it? And there's been a couple of our friends at church yeah. who who don't do that to me, and I really appreciate the fact that they don't tend to add to, like I'm not invited to part of that because they know that I don't smoke weed. Right. But they're also not hiding and pretending that they don't around me. Like it's just a normal thing that they do. Yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. But uh, right now, I, I for some reason it popped up on my Facebook all these like, Articles like what does the church do? What is the church response? And I'm like, really, this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So I would say though that I feel like culturally smoking weed is still viewed as such a bad thing 
that's one of the reasons I wouldn't do it is because I think that I think a lot of people at our church I think there's enough people at our church that would have a problem with me doing it that it would become a fight that's not worth fighting. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people I know who would have a big issue with it. And so the and and that's okay. I'm not trying to judge them for having the issue, but because that's there, is I look at what now I don't do that with other things. I don't do that with drinking. I don't do that with telling people what I think about politics. It's like there there comes a line. My thing would be that with weed, it's just not. There's no benefit there. There's no. There's no upside. Well, I guess if it's something I really wanted to do all the time, then I guess I'd fight for it. Right, but I don't care. This is it's, it's a juvenile sort of thing. Yeah, I'm just thinking eh, whatever. That's a, You fun. got it. Pass, pass, puff, puff, or puff, puff, pass. <laughs> um, then the. Uh, but like no, I. I always wonder. I, I I think it'd be fun to have secret things though to. Oh yeah. To hide. Absolutely. Like I don't hide anything Absolutely. really much. So I do like this idea of like, look, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to tell anyone. There's, there's, a point, there's a point to being a pastor that I, I – this might actually be a much Well, the way that we are pastors anyways, because most people are pretty secret with their that's normal true, lives, that's right? True. With the way we're pastors, we're not secret with anything really. and so. But I would say that there's a part to being – shoot, I've lost my train of thought. There's a part to being a pastor where – you sort of start to feel like a kept man. Well, like that's it, probably why they're all like bone and chicks and secretaries and stuff. Yeah. Like there's so many, there's so much infidelity in the church world because, uh, they may, they need to feel edgy or, right. well, and I, like, I sort of get that. There's a part of me that's like, I'm tired of, tired of having sex with only one woman. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I get tired of being predictable. I get tired of having to live up to other people's expectations that I don't share. Uh, I get tired of being public. Those kind of things will eventually wear on everybody, mm. I think. I think that, like, you see that happen yeah. to all celebrities. You see that to happen to all, anybody in the public eye eventually gets to the point where they're tired of being, they're tired of being sort of judged and evaluated outside. Right. And then not getting to have a say in that judgment or evaluation. Right. And, <clears throat> um, so the need to have this sort of, like, secret thing or this outside thing, I understand that. And we should start, a, like, a fight club for pastors, a secret pastor club. I totally would. You could totally do it. Like, no the, one would join it with us. <laughs> uh, depending on how you did it. I've, I had pastors, I worked for pastors who had built-in liquor cabinets in their in their house so that when anybody at the congregation came over to see them, they couldn't see that they had liquor. Uh-huh. They had to hide. I'm like, you're a grown person with a PhD. You're, you're in your 50s and yeah. you have to hide, you're scared to hide these things for people? And I would, my so one of my things would generally be if I have to hide it, I shouldn't do it. If I can't feel comfortable doing this in front of with everybody knowing it, right? Then I shouldn't do it because nothing's wrong with it, right? Ultimately, there's something. It may be the wrong is that I feel shameful about it that I shouldn't or whatever. Right. I just I think that that's, sometimes that shame is not really your shame. It's or right. That's put shame. on you and put on us. But and and then you just have to decide whether it's worth managing that right. or not. Right. Some things it's worth managing that for. There are benefits to. I think that there are benefits towards being a pastor who drinks because that's such a that's such a non that's such a non thing. Right. Do you think though in like forty years we would be the same way? People be like, Yeah, well, yeah. I think it'd be shorter than that. My guess is that. my guess about Like the time for our children. At ten years after legalization. I think well they just be like, Yeah, whatever. Right, and yeah. they'll be having this conversation for years like, Oh what people smoking weed? Is it right. still a big deal? What are you, my grandparents? Yeah. <laughs> well and my my hope would that that line would come across as I'm just waiting for cocaine. Right, because that, that, and that's the issue, right? The question, the question becomes, what becomes the dividing line between what's good and bad? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not knowledgeable. I know especially one dude in our church really is, has a lot of, like, for real research knowledge. Right. But 
I think there is a huge separation between like cocaine yeah. and marijuana. Like, I don't yeah. The idea of the, like something that's going to actively benefits hurt, of THC. Something's going to actively harm you versus something that's not going to harm actively. Yeah. Like, the, 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 those are the conversations we should be having, right? Because like, so I, I, uh, I'm reading a book now on, and it's it's effectively on the idea of weight loss. Like, it's, I've never read anything like so decided to try. And this guy's theory is, and it's not it's not groundbreaking anymore. It was at the time, is that Americans all fell for the idea that that increased fatty foods, particularly like hamburger and like stuff, fast food kind of stuff, and lack of exercise is what made Americans get fat starting in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And he's going back through and doing the research and showing that what made people get fat was it was sugar and starches and oh, yeah. carbohydrates. This right? is, uh, yeah, didn't we talk about this last time too? That's uh, those podcasts too. His, his big thing is don't blame sugar for the or don't blame bacon for what the sugar. Sure, yeah. yeah. And so I'm reading this dude's book. Because good fats are good fats. Good fa- and the, the the question, and I think this is a, the better question to ask ourselves is, not is this thing right or wrong because right or wrong has so many like social baggage attached to it. We made the war on drugs as a way particularly to attack black people in America. Right. The war on drugs is a racist enterprise, and there's nothing you'll ever be able right. to do to convince me. And marijuana has, it's illegal, because it used to be legal. Yeah. It became illegal when we got racist and we thought white girls well, it was just would a, hang out with black dudes. Well, I think even more, like, there's a, there's a guy who was in the Nixon administration who says explicitly, we knew that hippies and blacks wouldn't vote for, for Republicans. And so we put, we started the war on drugs as a way to decrypt. And because the war on drugs always had a felony conviction, which, which meant you can't vote, this is how we take them out. It was explicit. Like hmm. They said that explicitly. Nixon never said it, but the one of his aides that's still alive said it. That's crazy, man. And um, so now legal or right and wrong isn't a valid judge of the of drug use because it comes with all that social baggage. Right. Nobody's willing to talk about in this culture. But a good bag, a good way to talk about these things, and actually I really like this about the book, is is this thing good or bad for me? Because this guy's point was eating animal products, particularly like chicken and fish and, and beef and, and those kind of things, eating that and is way better for you. You eat those and yeah. green vegetables. He said, Now the question's about if I'm if I'm isn't isn't a vegan diet better for the environment because livestock take up so much resource and harm the environment. Oh, he said, that's a great moral question. That's not a question we have over here in the realm of the scientific question about what makes our diet healthy. Right. And his ability to separate those things is, I think is really healthy. Oh, yeah. We oh. can't do that with things like drug use. I think sexuality is going to be a right. big one. Like, how do we, what is a, what is a healthy Christian sexual ethic look like? Right. Well, what do you teach your children is what the thing is. Yeah. And so, or how do I teach my children to process? Because the- one thing I, I get, I think about all the time in my unhealthy upbringing of christian sexuality because we i didn't have sex for us married and uh but like when we read that in the scriptures they're they're doing it at 14 and 12 14, that's right that's right <laughs> like and we're asked to be away till 30 right right uh and I like to... what is that on like is that is that unnatural is that really not what our bodies are designed for is that why people are getting addicted to porn because they're jerking off so much because right. they're like oh you gotta do something or like so i'm trying to find the balance of how i teach my children uh, there's one lady at our church who told her kids something I really like where she goes, we can't do much to impress God. We can really do nothing. There's not a, and he's not, there's not really a lot that he asks us to do. This is one right. thing I think we can just try to right. do. And I was like, oh, that's, that's it, a So that would still line. be, that would still be a pretty hard line for me that, so with, with the sex for my kids, you should have sex to get married. I think there's social reasons for that. I think right. there's theological reasons for that. Like there's. Right. Well, you know, cause you can't. 
in our world. And that's the other difference between our world and the ancient world is you could trust a 12-year-old with a, a 14-year-old right. with a, a, a man responsibility. Right. We can't trust 24-year-olds with men responsibilities because <laughs> they're just going to go spread their seed wherever they right, want. Right. And so that's the difference, too, is that we're, even though those things have waited, we've also waited to mature as well. So I guess in that retrospect, it is good to... Well, now this is where I think... This is where I think... Because I can't, you know, if you said, hey, it's okay, I can't trust my 15-year-old to not... To, Look, at the, at the end of the day, treat girls there right has to be arbitrary not. rules sometimes. Yeah. This is just one of them. Yeah, I now, agree. Now, are there, could there be situations where, because I was like, well, what if there's what if on an island and there's no priest to perform the wedding? That's stupid. Shut <laughs> that's up. Stupid. Fine, fine. You don't have to get married. That, right? But that's dumb. <laughs> no, you're saying, nope, you can't. If there's <laughs> no priest to perform the wedding, go screw yourself. So, there's no water to get baptized. Looks like you're going to hell. Shouldn't have got on the well, island, I idiot. I hate stupid hypotheticals like that, but... What if I'm in a ketchup factory and there's no water, but I want to get baptized before I die? Can no. I baptize myself in ketchup? No. No, stop it. Because, but even those kind of things, because then that, that, even this like, oh, what's the, because then the question becomes, especially for us who have boys, oh, well, how far can I go before, cause, before right. I'm... Or what, what's sex? What's sex? Is, Wrong question. Is oral sex sex right. is you know, but that's how we do. But the important thing is to teach our boys those are wrong questions. What yeah, you're asking is right where's the limit to where God won't be mad at me? Right, right. That's what effectively what you're right. asking, and it's not that. Yeah, it's already not in the wrong all. realm of thinking. He already is. That's my guess. He's right. already you are because you've already treated him as some arbitrary right. monster. Yeah, I think in the end, I've been thinking about this a lot lately since my oldest son is getting there. Is uh. It's not about, okay, they're at this age and you start talking to them. It's how you've raised them since they yeah. were born. Yeah. Can they come uh, talk to you about Graydon's going to make his own decisions. Yeah. He already is. About it's too late. With, uh, even with, like, you know, his friend, a, a boy his age in our church got baptized. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to as well. And a couple, about a month ago, I was talking to him about it. I was like, oh, you know, is that something you want to do? And he's like, he's like, I guess I don't see the point in it right now. I was like, oh, okay, why? And he's like, uh, He's like, well, I believe in God, and right. I know God loves me, and I believe in all these other things. He's like, I don't understand what getting in the water really does. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let's talk about it and explore that. And I'm like, oh, you're making your own decisions yeah. now. You're on a trajectory now that you're going to be on, and uh, and it's it's fun. I was like, oh, okay, you're you're making real. Well, my kids have my kids have hard questions about why I smoke a pipe. Mm. Because smoking obviously is evil. Right. All the commercials tell them that school doesn't that. And I how like, much? That's crazy. How much has that changed since we were little? It's true. It was smoking. What I never smoked, but smoking was cool. Smoking was like even the cool people Kim. would hang out on the fence yeah. uh, outside and smoke, and then walk in. The te- the cool teachers would go hang out with the Kim cool smokers. Mad. Kim gets mad because I will still contend that there are environments where smoking is cool, like. Guns N' Roses on stage and Slash has got to get the cigarette just loosely hang out his lips while he's playing guitar solo. Oh yeah, it's there's cool. so many movies. And you say where it's not cool, you're lying. There's so many movies where they're smoking. I'm like, man, they look so damn cool. And then and I'll like do. hang out with someone <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll take your cigarette and I'll take one drag. I'm like, oh gosh, this is disgusting. Disgusting. That I did clothes, man. I do like the clothes, although I stopped that because I was getting a little over over the top with it. But the I do like the clothes because they. They feel like what I think that's mm. cool in the movies, but that's because it's all like tasty. No, but I've, I've actually had this theory with raising kids, man. You get until they're about six years old to do most of your work. Right. Cause I, so after that, my kids spend six or seven hours a day with somebody else, maybe two hours a day. Right. Maybe. guess that's a good advocate for homeschooling. Yeah, because what you want is them with more unsheltered time with me. Yes. <laughs> but no, I think I did, I, it's just one of those things that 
Drugs are another great example. How do I, our kids growing up where they are, going to the high school, they're going to go to an elite high school filled with elite rich kids who have access to elite drugs and and face no consequences for them. Send those same kids to Withrow or West Highland, right. they've got, they get busted with weed, they're going to jail. Right. Kids at Walnut, they get caught with weed, are not going to jail because they're rich white kids. And it's so true. our kids will only have moral and ethical response, like consequences for their point. choices. And so... And I've said it, I know my conversation with my kids is going to be, hey, you're going to have to decide what's right. I've already told my kid this. You'll be the ones deciding what's right and wrong. I right. won't be there. When a push comes to shove, I will not be with you when you decide what's right. It goes back to anti uh, rights virtues, man. You'll be virtuous now. And my kids also know, I hope, this is the thing I've tried to teach them until now, when you get in trouble, I'm a safe person to come to. Right. If you, if you Well, and do, that's, I think that is the beauty of how we've done church is our, all of our kids know... When they get in trouble, they have dozens of adults you that they have good relationships with. If you can't with, go talk to me, to. go talk to Justin. If yeah. you can't go talk to me, go talk to somebody else. And it's okay. There's going to be things you can't talk to me about. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, I hate that I hate the drugs have become so so taboo like that because they, of course now they want to smoke weed, right? Right. What do our kids, what do our kids have to remember? Yeah, that's against? another thing. I think if we make it so taboo, then of course they're going to do it. So I try not to make anything taboo. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And... My favorite answer to my kids, when my kids have a hard question, uh, when Lucas was three, that where babies come from. Uh, you're not ready for that talk yet. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a, I mean, because there's like great scenes, because Graydon's old enough, he's watching a lot of TV with us now, and he gets to stay up a little late, so we'll watch like a couple shows, but there's some great scenes and shows where it's the responsible adults, kids have all gone away, and... You know, they found weed in a kid's thing, right. and they had to get on the kid. But at the end of the night, they're like, "Hey guys, you wanna you wanna right, smoke right, this?" Right. And I'm like, "There's nothing wrong with that." And I like the idea that he can see, "Oh, okay, there's well, my there's kid, stupid things you can do, and then there's also nothing wrong with it too." And there's a difference. My kids know that my kids know that I'm allowed to drink beer, and they're not. Yeah. My kids know that my friends are gonna come over. There's a chance they might drink too much. My kids know that if if I or my friend drink too much, they might act in a way that is abnormal for them acting. And you know what they do? Right. They go. Oh, that's an adult thing. Because right. that adult can handle that. Um, and if my kids ask me tomorrow if they can drink my beer, sure. Yeah. Anytime you want. Um, but so no, we don't smoke. In beer. France, kids drink a little bit of wine every night. They do like a little glass of wine. Wine's expensive. My kids would hate wine. It's cheap there. My kids would hate wine. Yeah, wine's if not. If you gave them to them. I had, a, I had a year of wine. I had one year where I was like really into wine and now I don't like it anymore. I wouldn't. I don't mind to drink wine. I just, I don't manage it as well as I do. It was the same year I did tea. Yeah. So for me, I hate tea. wine is to beer as tea is the coffee for me. Mm. So but. cycling, cycling all the way back, I totally probably would. The problem with me smoking weed, if it was legal, is that Kim hates the smell of it. Hates it. Well, she doesn't like it when she doesn't like the smell of you smoking cigars either, right? I don't smoke. Yeah, I don't ever smoke cigars. That's the that's the the guaranteed way to make sure I'm not getting a yeah. kiss or anything else that day. Is got no qualms with the weed. Got no qualms with any of it. I thought it was interesting. It's 420. It's 420. And uh, maybe next time N.T. Wright will be here when we knock on his hotel door. <laughs> well, Excuse me. Uh, what do you go his name, says? <laughs> that's my N.T. Wright. And uh, we're bad. like, get him, get him. <laughs> he just he would find this whole thing very odd. He did a podcast with somebody who was really small, which made me hope. But uh, I mean, we're big. Yeah. You're on the fucking All right, well, we're on.